0: Hey, welcome back. So today I want to take some time to talk about a, a topic that I want to spark some some discussion, uh, maybe spark some thought w- within each and every one of you as far as what is your end game? Now specifically, I'm, I'm talking about silver and gold because that is sort of my I, I guess wheelhouse on this channel. What is your end game as far as silver and gold go? I mean, great! You've you've gotten into silver and gold. You've likely bought some, maybe considering buying some, because you feel it's undervalued, and 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 because you feel that they are going to help you protect your wealth, protect your savings, whatever, in the coming years or or decades. Again, getting into you know what's our timeline? What's your end game here? But there's so much more to it than that. You know, there are some that would say that silver and gold are nothing more than um, assets that sit on a shelf and, and gather dust. And, and they certainly can do that. Now, as, as many have pointed out, including um, Belong P, uh, the, the YouTube channel, who who I'd suggest every one of you check out, a very smart guy, um, has brought up that, no, there is a way that you can use your silver and gold to earn an interest rate. You know, you, you know that's one potential way. But, but as a general rule of thumb for stackers, a lot of times they just sit on the shelf and, and gather dust, and maybe that's fine. I mean, if everything else, stocks or, or bonds or cash, even real estate, is you know, dropping in value and precious metals are, well, moving up in value, um, they don't need necessarily a yield. They don't need dividends like a stock or a bond would pay. No, they can just sit there, and that's fine. But at some point, you start to have you have to start asking yourself, you know, what what is my end game here? And I know what some of you guys are thinking. I've talked about this topic a bit in the past, and maybe it seemed premature then, and maybe it seems premature now. I mean, gold, by all accounts, has had a great past twelve months. In the last twelve months, just to remind you we 've seen gold you know break through that key you know thirteen hundred and fifty thirteen hundred and sixty dollar resistance level. This was like June or July of last year of two thousand and nineteen we 've seen um, it move up considerably from there, obviously over three hundred dollars above that resistance point currently it's it 's trading you know around seventeen hundred dollars an ounce and yet in the other hand you you have silver, which is you know with the gold to silver ratio. Over a hundred to one. In fact, I, I don't know right now what it's at, but it's you know trading closer to 110 than it is to hundred to one. Uh, silver hasn't done a whole lot. You know, it's in the fifteen dollar range. And again, this might be premature. This might seem premature to some of you, but but believe me. I mean, we've seen this is uh, what did I, I started off my last podcast by by saying that we're, we're living in a time in which the use of unprecedented is being used at an unprecedented rate we've seen crazy moves in markets in the past uh, couple months we've seen the oil market absolutely tank you know i remember back in in this was uh ash this was you know March, probably early March, late February. And I, I remember at least one oil analyst talking, you know, wow, you know, if we break below, you know, I think his number is in the low 40s, you know, we could be, you know, in the 30s, even 20s. I, I doubt it will happen, but maybe, uh, well, yeah, we, we went below $20. I think Brent has traded below $20. WTI has traded negative, obviously over, I think, negative $40. I mean, that is a crazy move in a market I talked about the other day about markets now pricing in negative Fed funds rate um, roughly by by the end of this year. That's crazy, right? We saw the massive spike in volatility, the drop in stocks uh, back in March. I mean, that was, I'm not gonna say unprecedented, but that was a big move, right? And And you can see how quickly these, these moves can occur. Days, weeks, maybe a month. I'm not saying that silver is just going to, you know, blow through $20 and be at $100 in a month, saying it's possible. And I'm certainly saying that it can move to an unaffordable price, what you and I might consider unaffordable in terms of buying. There'd be plenty of people buying um, during the, the bull run. But, but, you know, for those of us that are used to it under $20. So now it's, it's going to look pretty unaffordable when it's at 30 or something. It's going to move to that level, you know, pretty quickly. And and yeah, believe me, you'll be thinking, you know, what what is my end game here? You know, I've seen a lot of negativity in, in the comment section over on the YouTube side of things over the past couple weeks, people saying this is you know, a dead asset. It's a it's, uh, I'm going to sell it off or whatever. And yet, you know, for me, and, and I think so many, I think the, probably the majority of, of silver stackers as well, it's a ton of new people coming into the community, um, look at silver and they see, well, this is a line in the weight. Look at this crazy gold to silver ratio that we've been gifted it with right now. I mean, hey, if you have gold right now, I'm not saying convert it into silver. First of all, I mean, don't take any of this as invest, investment advice. But, you know, if I had, you know, a whole heap of gold, I <laughs> to me, it makes sense to convert at least part of that heaping of silver, even if you're not going to be able to trade it at 110 to 1 ratio, even if it's 90 to 1 or something like that, it, um, it, it would make sense to me. But that's just, that's just me. Uh, there's a whole lot of people out there looking at this right now and, and thinking, this is a killer setup. I mean, look at what's happening in terms of the Fed balance sheet right now, in terms of interest rates, in terms of look at the economy. I mean, we're looking at the worst economic crash um, in in history. I mean, in terms of the United States, I mean, I don't think there's another one that that rivals this. Maybe the Civil War for the United States. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, no. I mean, we don't have something to compare this to. Uh, and, and that's obviously led to a massive increase in debt, a massive increase in money printing, um, eventually, that's going to work its way into the precious metals markets. Just give it some time. It has, to some extent, in gold. It's, it will in silver, right? We're dealing with this weird, you know, push and pull or tug of war between uh, inflation and deflation, right? A lot of people think there's going to be a ton of deflation going forward, and. Um, I'm not necessarily one of those people, maybe short-term deflation, but then silver long-term. I mean, that's a the the point of what I'm saying here is not, you know, what's this short to medium-term price action. What I'm saying is that a bull market is in the cards for silver. That gold to silver ratio is going to come down significantly and you have to sort of construct for yourself an end game. What is your end game for silver and gold? You have legitimately had people say that, well, I've been buying this whole heap of silver and gold, but I don't ever actually plan on selling it. It's something I plan on handing down to my kids. And and that's uh, nothing necessarily wrong with that. I'm, I'm not going to judge how somebody parents their kids. I don't think there's necessarily something inherently bad with an inheritance. However, me personally, being young, in my 20s, having a very long investment horizon, I don't intend to hold on to my silver for 50, 60, 70 years. There, I said it. I'm not, as much as I like silver, I'm not going to hang on to every ounce of it forever. Why? Because I have an end game in mind. And and this is simply food for thought for the rest of you. But silver, because that's really what I own right now, not gold, given the ratio and whatnot, that's what I'm buying, along, uh, at least you know, over the short to medium term. What I'm looking for is two things a compression of that gold to silver ratio right 110 now i'm looking for something certainly under 50 right that that would make me consider exchanging the silver for gold now that doesn't mean i'm going to at that point it's really going to depend on what the momentum looks like in the silver market and so many other you know factors But, you know, under 50 to 1, maybe it's going to be under 30 to 1. I don't know exactly. I mean, there's some people that are expecting, you know, a 1 to 1 ratio, even a 10 to 1 might seem a little low, but you never know. I mean, crazy momentum moves can happen in the market. I don't know if silver maybe deserves to be that expensive relative to gold or gold that inexpensive relative to silver, but maybe... I mean, depending on what fundamentals work their way through the silver and gold, you know, supply sector, what type of new demand comes for silver on the investment side of things, maybe. I'm not going to rule that out. But regardless, I mean, we're talking under 10 to 40 to 1. I mean, that's a, that's a huge win. Because the great thing about that is ultimately that gold to silver ratio is going to bottom out and then work its way back up again. Who knows? Maybe it will bottom out 10 to 1 and work its way back up to 30 to 1. But then you can, you know, trade back out of gold into silver, or you can stay in gold. I like gold a lot. It's just that I feel it's kind of expensive right now. Gold is what central bankers and and the ultra-wealthy buy for the most part. That's what kings have held for, for thousands of years, right? Um, and, and that's not at all to denigrate silver. It's just that, you know, I prefer to have more of my wealth in, in gold long term. I just can't justify that right now. You can use silver as a vehicle to do just that. And guess what? The great thing about it is that you can always go back into silver when that ratio moves back up again, back into gold. I mean, if you look at this, again, long-term horizon here, you could have a 20, 30-year period where you switch in and out of gold and silver, you know, three, four, five times based on the ratio. And you can do pretty well for yourself. Yeah, you might not hit the bottom, might not hit the high in the gold to silver ratio every time. You know, Maybe you were one of those people that said, hey, I'm going to get out of gold and go into silver when the ratio was at like 85 to 1, 84 to 1. Well, look at it now. I mean, you missed it. Now, granted, the real ratio in terms of physical allowances and stuff is still well below 110 to 1. But you might miss those bottoms. You might miss those tops. But it can still be a good strategy over a period of decades, especially if you want to just long-term hold your wealth in silver and gold for the purpose of retirement or what have you. But then the other thing I'm looking at is not just gold to silver ratio. I do like metals as a long-term wealth preservation strategy. If I'm looking to retirement, if I'm looking for holding a large amount of capital for whatever purpose I have in the future, whether it's starting a business, providing a large amount of capital for somebody else to start a business or to or whatever, um, silver and gold I think are going to be kind of the place for that in the future with fiat currency, really losing that store of value um, to an even greater extent than it already has. But then the other thing that I'm looking for is, well, other assets. I, I mean, I want to make one thing clear. My my goal is probably, I don't know, I mean, there's scenarios where I can think getting rid of all my silver and gold. But they're more so personal to me and my own outlook on life as it relates to... Um, as it relates to sort of my faith and whatnot. You know, if if God ever called me to just, you know, kind of ditch most, if not all, my earthly possessions, right, for, for whatever reason, then yeah, that's something I could see myself doing. If we're talking about more, you know, if I'm saving for retirement or looking to preserve my wealth over the period of decades, yeah, I'm probably always going to have some amount of silver and gold. However, you know, there is some validity to that whole hey you know it doesn't yield unless you you know lend it out or lease it out or whatever which again is is a potential route for silver and gold long term if you have enough just a reminder for some of you but no i mean i'd be looking at other assets other options for my money i mean stocks would be like the the classic example right following a Dow to silver Dow to gold ratio S and P, whatever you know, um, there, there could be specific companies that you like, right? You could switch some of it into high yield, uh, uh not debt, but high yield, you know, high dividend stocks. Um, you could, you know, there's there's a ton of options in the stock market for where you could convert that long term. This is about you know talking about create an end game here. You know, I, I reviewed a lot of this, I think, in the latter half of 2019, and I sort of stopped following, you know, exactly what these ratios were along the way. But certainly there's, there's a Dow to gold ratio that, that you should be watching, an S&P to gold ratio that you should be watching and realize at some point maybe it's time to switch. Even if it seems like everything's just going wrong in the stock market, maybe it's not the worst idea in the world to sell some of those metals for stocks. Certainly, I think even in the March lows, we weren't at that point for either metals, not even close. You know, if if the Fed is going to keep stocks elevated through the length of this recession or this depression, then I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense for me to move from precious metals into those stocks. Because I see them as I mean the whole point of this is is exchanging something that may be overvalued or finally for the first time in a long time realistically valued, I'm talking precious metals here, for something that could be potentially undervalued. And yet if if central banks prop up stocks and equities for the next ten years, even though the economy is just terrible, well that's not value. That's not undervalued. That's just buying what the Fed is buying, and that's not really what I'm I'm into, I guess. Not not that I'm totally opposed to it. That's a totally legitimate strategy but i'm looking long term here in terms of investments but there's other assets that you can trade it for uh bonds yeah you know government bonds are not looking great long term and i don't know it's hard to evaluate this because it's always for me it's always with the backdrop of high inflation in the future and that just destroys the value of anything denominated in fiat currency um, in terms of debt now stocks They'll follow that inflation in theory. But bonds, no, their, their value gets destroyed by that. Even a high-yield bond can, can get destroyed by inflation. Even tips, you know, the the inflation adjusted Treasury bond, that can get destroyed by inflation because the government's not going to pay you the real the real rate of inflation. They're going to give you, you know, what they say is, is inflation, you know, the real level of inflation, which is almost going to be always going to be lower right? So, I mean, bonds I'm not a huge fan of, but but there are other assets. There's, you know, real estate and land. Um, you can you can buy land and, and lease it to a farmer, right? Buy some land out somewhere where you think is going to be a, a good cropland or already is a good cropland. Buy it on the cheap when, when farmers are going bankrupt during a recession or whatever. I mean, there's a ton of options out there in terms of real estate, in terms of land, businesses, um, lending capital, whatever it is. Um, don't relegate yourself to just silver and gold necessarily. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I guess what I'm saying is that long-term though, if you're buying silver every paycheck now and you haven't for years, great. You probably have a pretty decent stack. However, long-term, is that where you want to be until retirement? If you're in your 60s, maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're like me and you're in your 20s or your 30s or even 40s, uh, there's probably going to be a period of time between now and retirement in which your silver is going to become crazy overvalued. There, I said it, like crazy move up. Way more highly valued than it should be because of a mania, because of a scramble to get into physical assets. Is going to be hyperinflationary? Is going to be just momentum driven? Is it going to be mania driven? Is it going to be geopolitically driven? Maybe a combination of all of those. But, but I see that happening. Same thing goes for, for gold. And and that's the time to maybe get rid of some of that because that period's going to come and then it's going to go. I don't think silver and gold are going to just drop back to where they were before. This is going to be like where in two thousand eleven that just moved way up and then you know in the case of silver it's back in the teens when it's all said and done. No, I think it's going to find a new uh, a new kind of plateau, a new normal, and that new normal I think is always going to be adjusted and eventually you know it's we're, we're not going to be measuring it in dollar terms either you know because. Because then the new normal is always going to be increasing because the dollar is always going to be decreasing as inflation continues to rise. But but it's going to find a new normal, and that new normal in terms of purchasing power is going to be far higher than it is right now. But there still will be that period of, of massive overvalued um, value that, that you may have missed out on, and you'll hold it for another 10 to 20. If you're fine with that, that's fine. Silver and gold are always going to be a great store of value, I think, for, for the length of any of our lifetimes. That's my thoughts on it. Um, but if you can trade some of that silver for gold, certainly nothing wrong with that, especially if you can trade that gold back for silver a couple years later, 10 years later, whatever. Right? And, you know, if if you want to diversify out of metals, granted, a lot of you guys already are diversified out of metals, I get that. But if you want to diversify some of those metals into something else, stocks, and, and you know real estate, land, businesses, you know, private mortgage lending, there's a whole lot of different options that you can use that capital to, to earn you some, some money. That's just my thoughts on this, though. Everybody has a different viewpoint. There's people that comment have commented in the past that have a whole boatload of just silver. I don't even know if they have gold. Maybe some, but not a ton. And that's their retirement plan. And you know what? I I think that that's probably a better plan than a lot of people in this country. There's far too many people that are counting on specifically pensions and Social Security for retirement. I mean, people that... I, I see 401ks and IRAs and accounts that are more so in your private name as being less risky... There's still counterparty risk, but less risky than something like Social Security or pensions. Because, you know, if inflation hit, when when inflation hits to a great extent and whatnot, you know, you still have your stocks. Yes, oftentimes they're invested in bonds as well. But but you still have your stocks and some other assets that hopefully will rise with that inflation. And and you'll still have some value there. I, I don't know. I think it's going to get eaten away quite a bit, but you'll still have something there. Pensions and, and Social Security, you may still get paid, but it's not necessarily gonna rise with inflation. And you're sort of at the mercy of your state, your county, your city, or the federal government in terms of their solvency, their ability to pay. Federal government likely will be able to pay. States, cities, counties, etc., may not be able to. But even if they do get a bailout from the federal government, it's gonna be inflated. It's gonna be in inflated dollars and, and their cost of living adjustment is likely not to reflect the true rate of inflation. There's far too many people that go through their career not saving a penny for retirement you know, if you want to count maybe equity in their house, and that's it in terms of saving for retirement, maybe a rainy day fund. And they're just going to count in Social Security and pensions. That's, again, there's a lot of people that are just stocking away into precious metals that I think have a better plan um, than they do. Um, same thing goes for, for those that are maybe in 401ks or IRAs or, or you know, their own stock or whatever savings um, investments for retirement. Better, But but still, there's counterparty risk, and I'm not so convinced that their value isn't going to get eaten away in coming market crashes, inflation, etc. So, I mean, I, I don't want to um, step on any toes, I guess. I'm giving my own thoughts on it, and, and more importantly, I want you guys to start thinking about it now because there's going to be that period of time where in a period of weeks, months, not from now, but in a period of months or weeks where um, in the future, a couple months or a couple weeks, not from now, but a segment of time in the future, an indeterminate amount of time in the future, where silver and gold will go through this massive move up. And you'll be flabbergasted by it, but, but you also have an endgame. And if that end game, I mean, the safest option would be just to, you know, move it into gold, probably from silver into gold, but but have some plan for that. Have an end game in mind. What are your goals as far as silver and gold go? And as always, though, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast. God bless.